America. We are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online, schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers, with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Welcome to 51 First Dates. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And we are doing an experiment. And talking about dating. And love. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yep. I like that, um, like, people are going to hear the bells. The bells. Also, hi, everyone. Hi. Welcome to 51 First Dates. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And we are drunk. And it's Christmas. <laughs> it is Christmas. This it's, is literally coming out on Christmas Day. And we're recording so close to Christmas. And if you hear bells, it's because it's motherfucking Christmas. And because I'm wearing a headpiece that belongs to date number 13, whose apartment we're recording in. He's not here. He's not here. But <laughs> he has left cookies for us. Like, we're Santa. And these headpieces from this dinner party, they're like... Really funny. We'll take a picture. And mine has jingle bells. I'm nodding my head right but now. But I like that. Can... We have like a background jingle bell sound. It's nice, right? Is it going to be distracting for this whole recording? Should I take it off? Mm-hmm. I can't decide. I kind of like it, but I like everyone listening now is like, mm, yeah. Let's keep it going for a little bit and decide. If you hear it I mean, happen, it's because I'm probably taking a sip of my alcohol. Let's be very real. Yeah. We are drinking. We're both we, a little drunk. We're both together. It's so lovely. We're both a little drunk, for sure. Whoa, Holiday saying that. vibes. Holiday vibes. And, like, honestly, just to toot our own horn, we've never missed a week. And, like, we've done... Uh, this is our second holiday season. We were like, you know, maybe if we skip Christmas, no one fucking listens on Christmas anyway. So if you're listening, tell your friends. Tell them this is going to be a good one. <laughs> Rate, subscribe, review. Rate, subscribe, no, review. Don't. It's Christmas. Spend time um, with your family. It's Christmas. Hang out with your family. But like, maybe tomorrow, if it's the 26th and you're listening, like, you know, keep that festive mood sure. going. Let let our bells allow you to eat more cookies and drink more drinks. Or maybe you're listening because the time with your family is like really stressful and triggering and you just were like, I want to escape. Liza and Kimmy yeah. are probably drunk on the internet right now. Well, then we're very happy you're here. Well, we're here and we're drunk on the internet and we like, we thought of you, we thought of you in advance, but like, this is going to be like a, just a fun one. If you're new to the pod, start from the beginning, dating happens, whatever. I'm literally not going to do this spiel because it's fucking no, Christmas. This is a special episode and here's what we're doing in this episode. We are deconstructing the Christmas classic, the one, the only. <laughs> I just love the bells. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's really jingly. Uh, we're deconstructing love actually. Mm-hmm. It's funny because all of my least favorite challenges on Top Chef, which is one of my favorite shows, are when they're like, okay, make a deconstructed Caesar salad. And I'm like, oh, this is boring. But I that's like, what we're doing with this movie today. We are. We're deconstructing it. We are. And so like, I don't even like deconstructed food generally. Like, I know, I know. The best restaurants, yes, my, but like, ugh, yeah. I'm like, I came here for you to fucking construct it. I, I construct just want me a goddamn taco. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what I don't really want? It's TBQH, to be quite honest. <laughs> I think everyone knows what TBQH means. I had to remind myself. So I have not seen Love Actually this year. I have seen it in my life. Same. Obviously, many times. But like, so it's going to be a little rusty. We like meant to drink and watch it, but you know, time is fucking short. Holidays are real. Presents are for buying and giving. I've been crying in the shower every day for all of December. <laughs> Liza's still working. She has one more day of work. I'm still recovering from my legs. My legs hurt from some skiing. Oh, life is so hard. No, but we're here in New York together and we're so happy and we just want to like do it up holiday style for our big Christmas our OG fancies. Listeners. Yeah. And also, sorry. Big Hanukkah fansies, big not celebrating fansies, but like I only celebrate Christmas because it's like lols and fun. I love family. I'm not like a Jesus Christ kind of person. No, <laughs> you're God. zero religion. I'm, I'm zero. It's funny because like I, I grew up going to hippie church. It was like Christian, but it was like feelings, which is great. That's what I'm about. Like it's that. like be nice, be a good person to your, be a good um, community member. I grew up going to congregational church. It was like literally. What's your community? Be be a homie to them. Every time we nod, I see I see our reflections in these windows, and you so hear like, my jingle bells when I see our, I see our ears. <laughs> our, our sorry, our, not our ears, our antlers. But our regardless of what you celebrate, obviously Christmas is a thing in America because like everyone has not everyone, but a lot of people have the day off work and blah blah whatever. It's a time you get to chill. Uh, I don't really believe in anything religiously. Kudos if you do. Kudos if you don't. But no matter I'm what. Episcopalian. Yeah. <laughs> throw it out there. Like, I was technically baptized. Mom. Yeah. I was baptized Episcopalian too. Although then I never went to Because like we had the first like female reverence, like yeah, gay reverence. Totally. We're chill. We're chill, it's, but not like congregational is even better. Yeah. Like we could like bring our dogs to church. It was very oh, crunchy. Geez, yeah. That is the kind uh, of Not every not Sunday, but there were like Sundays that you could bring your dogs. It was really very crunchy. I think right. we zoom out Christmas and religion <laughs> generally. If, and sorry, if you're more serious about it, like, oh my goodness. I like truly, cause there are so many religions out there, but like more broadly Christmas, like their traditions mm-hmm. oftentimes. So for us, their traditions and then love actually. And it, it itself as a movie is a tradition. Totally. Well, I think that the whole thing in America and like, you know, is that Christmas has become in a lot of ways an American holiday. And like my, you know, my boyfriend's not Christian and like they have a fucking Christmas tree and they just do it yeah. because it's like an American holiday. But I think that what it means to America is like, um, family togetherness and like um, thinking about the people you're close to, which is always mm-hmm. a beautiful thing, no matter if you believe in any religion or if you celebrate this um, Christian holiday or if you celebrate like pagan moon festivals. Yeah. Because TBQH again, like it, I was up in Whistler and I took a ski lesson my first day. Oh God, kill me. But it was uh, whatever. It's my thing. It's my thing. I want to get good at skiing and was with an Australian our instructor was living in Canada, has been, but UK, and another American from the East Coast. And our Australian lesson mate was like, 
what is Thanksgiving? And we're like, oh, it's a terrible fucking holiday, but we celebrate it and it's about family. So like, I feel like the same, like, not that Christmas is a terrible, like just, you know, like sometimes just like, it's about what the holiday means to us now within our culture. Totally. I went to a, an incredible performance that I will recommend to everyone for the next holiday season. Um, uh, there's this performance artist, uh, whose name is Taylor Mac. Mm. Yeah. God. And Taylor Mac, I don't want to like describe him as anything. First of all, it's very I said difficult. him and it's, that's not correct. He goes by the, not he, Taylor goes by the pronoun Judy. That's his chosen pronoun. Mm-hmm. He, he actually recently, not he, I'm doing a bad job. No, but it's, tr- oh, it's tricky. He, all, yeah. uh, whatever. Okay. Taylor goes by the pronoun Judy. Mm-hmm. Judy recently was on Colbert and was like, I don't really take it that seriously. And anyone can call me anything they want. So I hope that Judy will forgive my slip ups. Judy will. And I, I'm sorry, you're just bringing me back. I want to hear everything because back in the day when I entered that here, like I saw Taylor Mac perform and I was like life changed. It was literally life changing. It's, it's okay. But I want to see Taylor Mac's show holiday show, which is called holiday sauce. And he talks about how all of, um, almost every religion has some kind of like winter solstice, mm. uh, celebration and they all look kind of eerily similar. There's all some kind of, um, in all of them, there's some kind of element of death resurrection and they become these big like festival holidays. And I think that no matter what you believe or what you celebrate, you can appreciate Mm-hmm. that um, there's something uh, like common in humanity around the winter solstice. And if you don't know who Taylor Mac is, you should oh. really go online. I don't know what the YouTube yeah. version, uh, it might be different. But like, I just think that I, an unbelievable, Judy sure. is an unbelievable performance artist. To, like to, to Taylor's credit, Judy's very good about keeping videos of off, right? Off YouTube. Yeah. Um, so you really have to go see Judy live, but if, if and that's Taylor actually the important part comes to your city where you live, it's very powerful. I've been thinking about this performance for like two weeks, every single day. It's defined my holiday season. It was incredibly powerful. See, um, but I'm also Judy was recently on, on Colbert and you can watch, um, the performance on YouTube. It was really powerful. Anyway. Oh my God. Okay. No, no, no. I'm sorry. It brings me way back to when I was first, like I wanted it, like downtown theater is the coolest thing in my entire life that I've ever been exposed to. And now it's like, it was amazing. It was really like, it was about also his, um, do you have this drag mother? And like, technically I guess what Taylor does is in the, under the umbrella of drag, but it's not drag necessarily. Like, like, I remember, like, back in the day, like, 2005, seeing Taylor Mac and being, like, it was the kind of drag where it was, like... It's performance art. I envy, like, just being, like, almost the kind of drag that would make me want to do drag, but it's not drag. Do you know what I mean? Because yes. it was just, like, it's so cool to just put on an entire persona that's probably... I'm probably being so... Like, just the transformation, I For guess, sure. was so, so appealing to me. Like, it was so amazing because I watched those two plays that were in Rapper. Yeah, re- yeah, re- yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, back in the day, and I was working at this theater, and I was like, "This is so cool." The transformation all the time, totally. So, okay. it, it's really something very, very special and unique. But um, this particular performance was about um, Taylor's drag mother, 
um, who is this uh, queen named Flawless Sabrina, and uh, she's kind of one of the legendary queens. And it was a lot about family and what that means to different people and who ha- who have different experiences of family. And um, it was just and how holidays and family are joined in our minds and the ways that we can like maybe change that assumption or make that assumption more tailored to like what we, um, what we see our family as. I can't even really describe it. Please just go see Taylor Mac perform. Yeah. I want to go. When Judy comes to your city. I, is Judy coming, staying in this city for a while? No. It's over. All over. Oh, oh, oh no. It was LA. one night. It was literally, it was, ho- it was one night holiday sauce in New York. Um, and it was amazing. And I'm so glad I went with my, went with my, my dear friend slash mentor, Allison, who sees oh, literally of everything. Yeah. Okay. She works for Scott. I didn't realize that was one night. Yeah. Oh, man. It was like, that's so funny. Cool. I've decided that these jingle bells are distracting and I'm going to take them off. Okay. I'll take my ears off. <laughs> no, too. no, no. We'll yours don't jingle. Yours don't jingle. Here. So if it make... makes you feel less weird, I'll put on, there's another set of ears that don't jingle. I'll put those on. <laughs> they look like they jingle, but those are just You like don't have to be off. the only person wearing a headdress. Okay. That way it's not weird. Headdress party. Anyway, so. I'm sorry. I went on a really long like I rant that about Taylor Mac. What was my Taylor point? Taylor Mac when I needs that? more televised or film. I couldn't believe Judy was on Colbert. That was like a big time, big fucking thing. Yeah, like this is a weird, queer, subversive performance mm-hmm. artist on like main stage TV, mm-hmm. and um, the performance was incredible. And actually, the thing that I loved was uh, Taylor explained his use of the pronoun Judy. And basically said, like, the reason that I use this is because generally when a queer person uses a pronoun that doesn't match the gender they look like, people who are using that kind of non-traditional pronoun uh, almost, like, subtly roll their eyes every time they use it. Ooh, fair. And Taylor was saying, like, you know, I wanted to pick a pronoun that if you rolled your eyes when you said it, you automatically were camp. So you can't roll your eyes and go, Judy, because <laughs> you just look so ridiculous. Um, but it's delightful. So please type that, type Taylor Mac into YouTube. Yeah, important. Like, I really appreciate that we just went on that yeah. journey because, oh. Uh, Christ, I'm sad. So, oh, <laughs> Christ. What, what was the thing, make, was it, it was not, what was the Christmas thing that they were trying to do? Like, make Christmas great again? It wasn't that. Keep but the was, Christ in Christmas. Keep, keep the Christ, Christ in Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. Oh, God. I am yeah. not. I'm just saying Christ. Like, I, I feel a little bit sad that I've so gone off the deep end of, like, other land of world that I didn't even know this was, like, a one. That's really, really cool. And I digress. We digress. But Taylor Mac requires Powerful. Special. Um, beautiful. But so most importantly. Yeah, let's go back. What the fuck? How did I even get started talking about Taylor I Mac? I don't know, but I don't care. It's very important. There are very few tangents we could have gone on where I'm like, but I'm like, seeing Taylor Mac like changed my life completely. Fully. I was like young and I was like, wow, like the theater is actually incredibly powerful. I left the show and I turned to Allison and I was like, the woman who I went to see Taylor Mac with is my um, like really, really good friend and also one of my like professional mentors. And I was like, we're doing this every year, forever. Like I'm, we're going to see this show every single year. Like if we're both in New York, this is like my new holiday tradition is going to see Taylor Mac. But, uh, yeah, Taylor performs. So something that is not as impactful. Mm -hmm. Love actually. (laughs) 
So we're talking about literally two different ends of the spectrum of performance. Like let's talk about the most commercial and like the most, you know. And I don't want to shame anyone who likes it because I genuinely liked it. My mom loved this movie. Like I just think it got dated kind of super quick. Well, here's the thing about Love Actually. Mm-hmm. I fucking love it. I do too. No matter how problematic it is. I mean, and I know it's whatever fucking hashtag problematic for me to even say that. But it should. I won't do that. But it kind of shouldn't be. Well, it's okay. Can you talk about your feelings about it while I make my next vodka? Session? Sure. Slash, I'm also going to eat. I'm eating cookies that date number 13 made. Date number 13 what is a gem. Keep eating them. They're ricotta. I think they're very good, but I don't want to pressure you. They're very yummy. I had three to four today. Mm. I just keep eating them because I didn't have any Dinsies. Um, and also, they're delicious. Thank you. Date number 13. Do people know his name? No, that's like, I'll ask for his permission, but he's not. No, I like the mystery. I mean, I do because his name does not fit his. No, I think that he wouldn't care. Like, knowing him, I don't think he would care. But I do think that the mystery is fun. It's almost like the thing in um in James Bond, like the Q and M, you know, whatever. Yes, it is James Bond. Yes, it is. The mystery is fun. I'm sorry, I'm back. Zero percent. I'm just literally chomping cookies into the mic. But I think we'll keep that in because it's in the Christmas spirit. I'm not the holiday spirit. Here's what I'm doing. I'm not taking notes on this episode, so I'm not going to cut anything. Nope. Because it's for the OGs, because it's this quite is, literally. This is our literally, we're off the leash. Here we are. If I'm this is your first time word. tuning in, there's, there's a lot. There's um, a lot. This is fun. We haven't seen each other in so long, and it feels festive. <laughs> it's like we have to. You have to put your ears back on. Kimmy took her head oh my gosh, off, and I still have mine on. on. It's backwards. God damn it. <laughs> I need the sequence in front. No, How the did you know it was because backwards. the ears have um the ears have oh, felt. Oh, there are ears. Yeah. I really appreciate yeah. these. If I made a reindeer headpiece, let's say that was my job. Yeah. All I would do would, would be to put the antlers on. I'd forget about the ears, you know? But both of our headpieces have had the ears. Very cute. I feel like anyone who's listening to this <laughs> is like, these bitches need to go to bed. They're drunk. No. But we're like uh, fine drunk. It's we're holiday drunk. We're drunk on Christmas. <laughs> I hope okay. you guys are the exact same level of drunk as we are right now because it's very joyful. Yeah, and if you're not, like, it's always entertaining, right? To listen to if you're not, go, go out and, and get on. it. Yeah, go out and have that oh, drink. Do you know that Ali Wong bit where she's like, if you don't have HPV, you go mm-hmm. out, you go out and get it. And that's something we both relate. We literally <laughs> both have HPV. So cool. Hi, mom. Cool. It's not eighty percent of the population. Right. Yeah, like that, and this is literally Ali Wong's whole joke about it. If you don't have it, yeah, sorry. you're a fucking loser. You go out and get and it. And get it. So good. But don't go out. <laughs> but don't use a condom. But you actually Whatever. can't really. But actually, we should have a whole episode about how there's no shame about HPV, and it's wild that there is. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Love Ali Wong. <laughs> okay. So, so let's think, let's start. How do we how do we enter this? Okay. Because we're not gonna literally watch the movie with you guys because you guys would murder us. If okay, let's do this. Tell me, okay, if I were to say to you the the phrase "love actually," what what is that? What feelings does that, does that immediate, immediately conjure in you? The, the, okay, the feelings or the like the images, the feelings. Okay, both. Um, like like some warm fuzzies for mm-hmm. sure. But then I always come back to the scene that is definitely not my not my favorite storyline. It's the Kira Knightley guy who's on Walking Dead, like. I love you. You're perfect. But their outfits are so bad in that scene. <laughs> like he's wearing the multi-squared colored sweatshirt. Do you know? I mean, we have Do you know post. that apparently she was wearing that stupid newsboy hat. hat because she had a pimple on her forehead? 
She oh, just talked about this in an interview that. this year. She said okay. she had a huge pimple right, on her forehead. I feel a little bit better. I was and like, then am they I put that a hat old on her. That nope. I like, that wasn't weird to me then. Like, but you're like, oh, that hat is so fucking but his, dumb. I'm sorry, his square sweater. His like, isn't it like a zip up with like every color in rectangles? It's like, really he's, stupid. And he's like, I love you. You're perfect. Like, not that. That's a musical. Yeah. <laughs> what he? What is? To me, you're perfect. To me, blah, 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 blah. That's, it's all a very creepy. Yes. Like the videoing someone is For very sure. creepy. We don't have to immediately go down that route because there are some things I really love about the movie. I always get verklempt when I see the people hugging each other. I think it's the beginning of the movie. Yes. After 9-11. Like, I think it's because there's a British accent. And I also love when... Um, Hugh Grant stands up to Billy Bob Thornton. As, For sure. Like, well, also, Bush like, adjacent, I adjacent. still fucking <laughs> think about this movie every single time I go to the airport. When I, like, mm-hmm. walk out and I see people greeting each other, I fucking get misty-eyed because I'm like, everybody loves each other so much. Yeah, is there another movie that's, like, really captured that weirdness of the airport? Where It's, like, even when I'm on... I, no, you know what does, though? 90 Day Fiance before the 90 Day <laughs> Okay, actually, yep. <laughs> 90 days before the 90 days. I am now an expert on that. Yep, it captures. They've just like never met. They still have the feelings. <laughs> and they're like, all well, the feelings. It's, it's also interesting because when I'm in the air, no movie has captured that yet. Maybe yeah. it has. I cry at every movie. I cry at very embarrassing movies. And I'm sure we've talked about it before, but I'm like, is it the altitude? Like, oh my God, I'm getting very emotional. Like, I cry at oh, movies. Crazy rotations. I just cried at. Oh my God, I cry, definitely but cried. Both I would have on the ground. I watched that movie. Yeah. I would have on the ground as well. Yeah. But they. That's just my most recent flight. I'm just thinking, yeah, I loved it. P.S. Oh yeah, no, it's, I know I'm late on it, but I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it. Oh my god, I I went to see it in theaters this summer, and then I just rewatched it. Like I just like rented it and watched it. Again. <laughs> I cried both times. I was like just crying throughout. I was just like, oh my god. I mean, I'm just like a big um, movie crier in general. Okay, so Liza, okay. let me turn it on you because yes. I'm being very naughty and not at all, just, like tangential. Or are what? you being nice? I get being, it. It's a Santa hole. Yeah. Okay. Oh my God. Tell I'm, me. Yeah, I'm well, not nice. Rudolph knows. I'm going to put it on in a minute. Um, okay. So what feelings are conjured for you? And then also what scenes? Because I kind of just went there. Like literally all warm fuzzies. Like when I think about this movie, I'm like, I love that movie. Like everything. Like literally like the best feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, until I like think about it. <laughs> I'm worried we're going to ruin people's Christmas because we're deconstructing love, actually. I think it's, like, nice to, like... We're, like, some white bitches podcasting. We can be, like, kind of hard on this movie about Christmas. Well, here's the thing about 2018. Like, we're 30. In 2018, I'm burping a lot, which is if I'm taking weird pauses because I'm trying to quietly burp. But... No edits. (laughs) No edits, literally. Not doing it. Mm -hmm. So, I think that, like... okay. We are able to see all of the problematic stuff, and we also have all of the nostalgia about stuff like this. So, like, I have so much love, actually, nostalgia. I love it. It makes me happy. I watch it. It makes me feel so many warm fuzzies. And now when I watch it, I'm like, oh, my God, this is fucking problematic. Can I admit something? Yes. I know it's problematic. I kind of have ideas, but I'm not sure if my ideas are, like... Like, I haven't read a lot of the articles out there. Like, I... A lot of what's on the internet about love actually being problematic, I'm behind on. So I'm going to be like pretty genuine and I'm like being very vulnerable to you all right now. But like, I'm probably going to say some things are, I'm just going to try to catch up with what's problematic for what's sure. not. It's going to be very genuinely what I'm like thinking back. I'm going to watch it tonight after this. Sorry. Oh my God. Watch it before. No. It's just like, we have no time. It's the best thing to fall asleep to. Okay. In this, in this vein, can yes. I read to you? Okay. Everyone so, should 
Yes. I, we, we'll post this on our, in, we'll post this, you know, we'll post this, we'll post this in the secret Facebook group. We will. And then possibly on our Instagram with very much credit given yes. to one, should we say her name? Let's say her name. And then this is the one thing we can like cut out if we really need to. Mm-hmm. But, um, I have a, a, uh, like a, a, a woman who's incredibly intelligent who I worked with several years ago. And, um, we decided to throw a party around. Okay. We were having our office Christmas party. And as an after party, we were like, let's have a, a you know, a, a thing where after the office Christmas party, everyone comes to, to my apartment and we watch love actually, and we play this love actually, uh, feminist drinking game. And, um, this amazingly intelligent woman whose name is Jenna, um, who we will credit in the, um, info below yes. if she says yes, which we she might be like, no, your podcast she's like, is not as She's just literally like, you guys are fucking drunk bitches. Um, but she wrote this love actually Christmas. feminist drinking game. And these are the rules here. Let's trade off every line. Okay. We're going to read it verbatim. I have this saved in my Google drive. Cause I was like, this is actually brilliant. This is beautiful. So what year was that? This is like, okay. this is probably 2012, 2013, I would say. Very Christmas. impressive. Okay. Drink every time a man falls for a woman in a subordinate position to him. Drink every time a reference is made to a woman's weight. <sighs> Drink when someone refrains from speaking to whom they are in love. Ooh. Drink for every turtleneck. <laughs> Drink whenever a woman does not speak up for herself. Drink for every incident of mansplaining. Remember, this is 2013. Yeah, this that is, is like woke. woke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, I hate when I say woke. Drink every time there are only men on screen. That felt ish Drink when you become painfully aware of the lack of only woman scenes. There's not a lot. Drink for every stereotype of a career woman. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Sorry. Drink for every stereotype of a housewife. Drink for Margaret Thatcher. Drink because heteronormativity. Drink because patriarchy. (laughs) So you all, you know, get the vibe now. Let's let's break them down a tiny bit. So wait, Liza, who's your favorite like storyline in Love Actually? This is a very pressureful question. Emma Thompson. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm the realist. Yeah. It well, does stick out in my memory. T- par- partially, it's probably because it's just the best performance. I mean, She's everyone's great in that. But I'm, there's no actor on earth like Emma Thompson. Um, and then Joni Mitchell plays, and ugh. you just cry. Stop and also, crying. just like the reality of having to keep your shit together when things are really hard. Oh my God. Having Wait. to keep your shit together for other people, you know, is like really. To me, really. I have antlers on my head. I'm going to cry. You have <laughs> Like, that scene gets me every time. Every time. It's iconic. I mean, I think that, um, you know, the, the feeling of, for me, the feeling of, like, being um, invisible or, like, not as exciting as someone else is, like, it's, like, an insecurity, whatever, mm-hmm. probably for every woman, but also just that, that feeling of, like, okay, put a smile on, get out there, and make it okay for everyone else is, like, very potent to me. It, she might be the only female character who, like, deals with, like, the first line of Jenna's game, which is drink every time a man falls for a woman in a subordinate position to him. Maybe it's the only woman who has to, like, deal with it. Totally. Right, because like, let's th- who are the women? Not to get like super diagnostic, but it's obviously Aurelia, who works for Colin Firth. Aurelia, it's the secretary who works for Ellen Rickman. It's the, um, the Hugh Grant's um, chief of oh, was it? Natalie, Natalie, who works for Hugh Grant. So, <laughs> so that's three, and like, that's a lot of characters. Yeah, and then weirdly, mm, I don't know. I still feel like. 
There's some, there, yeah, I, there's no, I guess there's nowhere else with subordinate. Mm, okay, yeah. But like somehow, I, I don't know, I'm feeling like beyond that. I mean, there's some, that's three characters. That's huge, dude. Somehow I feel like they make um, the little dude's crush subordinate because she's American. So she's subordinate. No, she's not. No, I'm like really grasping. Those are the three big ones. I'm just. We're looking oh, at. Wait. Oh. Maybe also, in America. When maybe when they go to America. Yeah, we're looking at the Wikipedia. We're literally looking at the love actually. We're Wikipedia not gonna lie to you. We're a tran- we're, a, we're a radically transparent podcast. <laughs> like but radically. Even if you just think about the fact that three of the major storylines involve a man um falling in love with a woman in a subordinate position to him at work, like that's extremely intense. That's a lot of the story that's And then we that. who one of someone hits on the caterer. And then she's not the caterer. Do you know what I mean? That yes. really thing that's like at the wedding. Blah, totally. Blah, blah. Okay. I mean, I just think it's like, it's very, again, it's not like inherently, like there's nothing insanely fucked up happening. You're just like, oh, we're going to have no powerful women in this whole story. Yeah. Okay. It's not 2018 so, when this movie was made. Exactly. So drink every time a reference is made to a woman's weight. Oh my God. We did not just watch this movie. So we do not know. But like, if we really think about it, um... I don't know. Like, it's a little real that, like, I feel like there's something with the chubby. I'm just yeah. No, I <laughs> mean, again, <laughs> we can we talk a little bit about maybe the one like objectification of man that happens, but isn't yes with um, Laura Linney's character and that hot. Yeah, that hot, like, Portuguese dude. He's from... What's he from? He's from... Oh, that's me. I can tell I'm on your camera right now. I'm he's, Instagramming. Wait, he's from that, that... really quick that, Instagram the affair. Story. Or not the... Wait, what's that movie? With um, other hottie, the body? What is that guy from? Laura Lenny's literally boy. no idea. It's about cheating. Not the affair. That's the movie. That's oh, the show. Oh, oh, oh. Unfaithful. Unfaithful. Diane Thank you. Lane. Diane Lane. Diane Thank Lane. you. Oh Those, the sex scenes oh in that God. movie are so oh my God. fucking he, popping. Yeah. He, but he's always like popping off the sex scenes. But, okay. So that would, to me, like pose as feminist. Because like, but she just is too, I don't know. It still gives the man the power. So if, if anyone's confused because we're drunk, um, <laughs> this is Laura Linney's character whose, whose brother is in a home and she must respond to him. And then she has a like, very hot guy from Unfaithful with Diane Lane. Great movie. You've all seen it. Um, she's, she's like, it's really exciting when they're together, but I just feel like there's so much waiting for him. I actually feel like it's what we talk about always not doing. Yeah, it's literally and like hate, uh, sitting around, hanging out, waiting for someone to want you. And But he's portrayed as so sweet because he's like, of course, go. But it's still like weirdly you feel like the blame is on her because she went and took care of her brother that night. Yeah. Which I actually feel like is fucked up. Like, uh, I don't like that storyline. In the end, I don't. I no. honestly think Billy Mac is my favorite storyline. Yes. Because that's like a man, a bromance. Totally. Right? But you know, bromances are also problematic, but like we're not the wokest. Let's just, I kind of like love that whole, and I laugh. Oh, it's like delightful. Love is all around. Not the, yeah. Yeah, no, it, absolutely. I think it's a, I think it's like an important, I don't know. I, I love that part. And I also weirdly like, okay, you know what's weirdly probably the most equal of the relationships is the porn stand-in couple. 
I agree. Or I'm like, you guys are so sweet because it's just like, it's two people. They're both kind of like in the exact same status level, which is extremely vulnerable. They are literally fucking naked and in the same place. And he's like Bilbo Baggins or the Hobbit or something. Yeah. Nobody has more power. Neither of them have more power than the other one. Like, it's just like a good, decent, like they're whatever they're at work. It's the same. I don't know. Fucking at me if this is wrong. No, I actually agree. I'm just like, I'm just realizing how everyone is very famous in this movie now. Like, like everyone probably was, but like, it's just like an all-star cast. So let's talk about the Colin Firth story because that Mm. part I always used to buy into and it is problematic. It's so problematic. That is when a woman's weight is referenced. He's like, you're chubby. Why? Remember at the restaurant when he comes to get her? The this sister. Is the when, da- the sister. Or, yeah. Oh, it's the sister. Yeah. Like, no, but you're. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you're. Yeah. Yeah. I think that. Okay. That's so important to bring up. I, I've literally always found this and it's, it happens in other movies too. And mm-hmm. I don't want to fucking at Colin Firth because obviously like he's Ooh. a dream. But I also like, think he's did he hot. win the Academy Award for, um, King's speech? King's speech, yeah. I feel like Or did King's speech win? I don't know. Somebody won something. But like overrated. Sorry. Great. I think King's speech is great. Very good. But like, let's. Yeah. yeah. I think he did better work in What a Girl Wants, which is also a great movie. Oh my God. Amazing. (laughs) Like that's our next. Like we're a movie We're going to deconstruct What a Girl Wants next. (laughs) But that fucking whole storyline is so problematic. You can't communicate. Like you cannot, and I feel this way about 90 day fiance before the 90 days. I feel this way, whatever. I'm like, if you cannot communicate with someone, I just don't believe you can fall in love with them. And I weirdly feel that way after seeing 90 day fiance, sorry to associate it because like, remember that guy who's the woman was from Florida. And so he was from, um, Spain. Mm hmm. Spain, yeah. Yeah, he's... And he was Spanish, sorry. But he, like, spoke English. But it just, like, he seemed, like, problematic and, like, he was using her. Totally. And I just think, like, so often, like, I'll just immediately assume otherwise when it's, like, the woman is from another country. I was like, oh, she's just clinging on to... No, like, I don't know. There's It's too often, like, the foreign woman is uh, subject to whatever man... Especially like white man wants her. And it's like very, I think that's a weird storyline. For sure. I mean, it just, it happens in a lot of. And he just got cheated on, right? He just got cheated on at the beginning of that movie. And so it's like, oh, his brother just hooks up with his fiance or something. What was, like, that feels very like sad white man. I'm so sorry. Yeah. And yet it is sad. Sorry to the white man listening. Like it, like it's sad for anyone, but like. I don't know. He's so precious. He's a torture genius. He's so precious about his pages in the water, which I would be too, but like, he's just so precious. It just feels very selfish. Everything he does is like about his journey. I have less issues with him in general and more issues with just the fact that I just don't think it's possible. If you're falling in love because when you cannot communicate verbally, I don't think that's love to me. I just think that like it is sexual attraction it's infatuation it's many things which are like hey fucking potent and great and like dude I'm about it if you want to fucking have great sex for like a bunch of weeks with someone who you can't really like verbally communicate with like that's a fucking powerful human experience Mm -hmm. like I've never done it but I wish I had like sounds like a blast 
but like fucking love. You're literally asking someone to marry you who you can't have a conversation with. Like that's insanely offensive. And then maybe this is my problem. So if she in broken English was just like, hey, I love you so much. I really think we're like hitting it off. Let me marry you. It's something about the male being from like, just like, oh, I'm British. No, I can't do that since I'm <laughs> But like going to Portugal and then just kind of trying. And like, it's just something about rescue not that Portugal. Like, it's all Europe. But there's something about the way they portray it. Especially yeah. because she's subordinate to him. It's like, something, it would be very different if she, as his like housekeeper who didn't speak his language, I just think there's something weird to it. Even if it was a he to a she. Like, for sure. There's something just like super weird and like, old timey older than this movie timey about yeah. it to me because he like yeah yeah it feels like something out of a movie that like my my grandmother would watch instead of a movie that came out when we were you know teenagers like yes. it's very it's very you know like icky for me to be just be like oh great like they've never had a conversation and they're getting married it's the same grossness i feel when i look at paul and karini and i'm like fiance before the 90 days my favorite show of 2018 um, should we talk about the American girls? Who the fuck are they? Remember? It's like <gasps> at the bar. January Jones. Yeah. One. They go to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And then it's Lake Bell, right? Oh, is, is it? it Lake Bell, January Jones, and who's the other one? Shannon Elizabeth. Yeah, not Lake Bell. And uh, someone else. Shit. We're leaning forward to like look at we the are, we're um, looking. Wikipedia page. Right but now. like I always thought like, but that's like, they're like the most outwardly misogynistic, but like, but it also is, it's very like, okay. They're kind of living their lives, man. Yeah, they're fair. having like group sex with random guys. Like, I don't know. I feel like it's they true. have like a coven that they I wouldn't mind being a part it. of. They were into it. Right. We could like, I, I don't know. At us again. But. They seem to have more power than he did in the situation. I literally feel like they were a you know, they were all in on the same vibe, which was like, all right, let's have sex, which is great. That's the most famous thing in the world. That's true. Let's fucking yeah. have sex and enjoy it. It is kind of like American girls are wild. It's like, fuck yeah. And it's like it's Milwaukee okay. is cold and beer is in America. It's like, all it's right. It's like, you're correct. Cool. Like we get, correct. we get what we want. Oh, welcome to America. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. No, it's okay. It's fucking- we always shit in America. So I feel like it's okay for it to be so into it. For sure. Okay. So let's do the Alan Rickman, Emma Thompson and um, Mia story. Knife in my heart. It's what rules have we not for every turtleneck? This is very prevalent. They've all worn turtlenecks. There's a lot of turtlenecks. Like they must definitely Alan Rickman wears a turtleneck. Yes. Definitely Mia does in like a sexy way. Totally. Laura Linney wears a lot of them. That's not the same thing. Right. But Emma Thompson for yes. sure. Sweater turtleneck. A, a sweater turtleneck in there. Yeah. Um, so we're drinking three times for that. Drink whenever a woman does not speak up for herself. I actually weirdly feel like this is applicable because it's not like wrong that Emma Thompson doesn't speak up for herself, but it, that's why we feel it so totally. much. Because even if you've not, I've not ever totally. been cheated on and definitely not like that, been betrayed, like, ugh. I completely understand why she doesn't say anything. And it's like the way we've all been raised to like, but the thing is, is don't forget that she does. She actually does. You're right. She doesn't say anything in the first moment. They're going to the kids play and whatever, and they have to leave and they have to get their shit together and go. But then at the end of the kids play, she fucking does. And that's the thing. Part of the reason I love her character so much is that she literally is like, nah, nah, 
And it's in such a like British way that I'd never, I'd have to have a whole scene about it. Totally. I just like, okay, as we say, we hate this movie. We love this movie. Dude, Emma Thompson is my, is like one of my sheroes. Like, She's a shero. I love sure. Streep, obviously, but like Emma Thompson. I might love is, Emma Thompson more. Well, it's like because like finding how much like you have to think a little bit harder to realize her shero. Yes, it's just like it's not Meryl's fault. It's just like too easy yeah. for her to be a shero. No, we all know it. Like everyone knows. Meryl's like okay. Here's the thing: is Meryl's got that like big dick energy. Emma yes. Thompson definitely has big dick energy, but it's like. She shows it less. I it's wonder subtler. what they're each like on set. People working with them. Well, we won't do this, but no. I, I feel like Emma Thompson has a very good reputation. Yeah. But that's just from literally not, that's from not hearsay. That's from me making shit up. But I've heard differing things about Meryl. Queen, Meryl. I heard one story about Meryl that I will tell because I think it's adorable. And, okay. Okay. So a friend of a friend. Of a friend. It, this is a thing. It's like it's three degrees of separation. If any of you listening have worked with Meryl or have a friend who's worked with Meryl, please email us. 51firstdatespod at gmail.com. But apparently a, a friend of a friend of a friend or whatever was in a scene with Meryl. And she was like, it was a one big scene in a movie. Mm-hmm. And she played Meryl's daughter or something. It was like, a, But it was a, a whole day of like shooting, whatever. And she was basically so anxious that she couldn't, like she was like, she could barely leave her trailer. She was just like, Riddled with anxiety mm-hmm. about acting with Meryl Streep all day. And she was like, I have to get over this. I have to like conquer this. So she, like, she, you know, the first time they interacted, she was like, Hi, I'm so and so, and I'm really like nervous about today. And Meryl Streep like put her arm around her and was like, It's okay, kid. I'm nervous too. That's sweet. Like, sweet, good vibes. Good, good. Yeah. Good. I hope that's the truth. I think that's the truth. Yeah. We're going with that's the truth. But I mean, Emma Thompson underrated. I feel also. like generally these like fucking legend people are good. It's the B-list people who are shitty. Yeah, yeah. Because you can't be a legend being shitty. Like we've worked on the other side of yeah shit. It's always honestly even like I I used to have a job where I was like one of the wranglers of I worked at a, theater, a very big theater company oh, yeah, in New York. Met some people, and <laughs> I was like one of the people who wrangled, like if celebrities would come to the show, I would bring them backstage. If we had like galas or whatever, like I wrangled some really famous people and it was, it was very fucking cool. I spent time with like, not spent, not like I fucking deeply interacted with them, but I was around a lot of famous people. And I swear to God, the more famous, the less ego. Cause people will stop working with you. Yeah, well, I am. I am well, also, it, like, it was yeah. like there's this thing. There was this thing about B-list celebrities where it was like, it was a little bit like, like I'm someone you better treat me as such. I would get I, if I were a B-list celebrity. If I were a G-list celebrity, I'd be like, fuck treat it. me Suck well. My head. Yeah, I'm like no. I'm like I'm a nobody, and like I don't like waiting. No, the really fancy fancy people were the nicest. I swear to God, and the I people like, who were a little bit like more or whatever were the most demanding like across the board I like that I feel like that's good a good equilibrium for the world if it could all just be like that totally everybody gets their shit together okay <laughs> guys this episode Kimmy do you realize we've been talking about this for 40 minutes are you guys even still listening we like literally talked about you know Taylor Mac for 40 minutes okay. so I just want to look at the things that we could really talk yes. about so like 
what's the mansplaining you remember? Like, this is like, we should have watched this and then done this for you, but we didn't because we're because we don't your favorite this unproduced humans. <laughs> but like, I'm trying to think of like, just thinking back, I definitely saw it probably last year, if not last year, the year before. Definitely last year. I usually watch it once a year. I will watch it this year. It'll be, we should like recap, like just yeah. on Instagram mm-hmm. stories or something. Follow us at 514statespod. Um, what's the mansplaining that happens the most, do you think? I literally can't think of it. I know, which is like our problem. Okay. Let's think. So let's go. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Does Hugh Grant mansplain a little? I mean, like, about sure the like the weirdness from the U.S. president Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> I'm sure he does, and I'm sure that Alan Rickman does, and I'm sure that R.I.P. And I'm sure that like I know I really I'm sorry that's very sad. Anyways, we're good. Okay, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna rewatch it, and then I'm like, what mansplaining? I know. I feel like the most mansplaining thing could possibly come from the lack of language between two people. Totally. Or, or well, like, I think that also, right. okay, one of the other rules we were looking at is drink when someone refrains from speaking to whom they are in love, which great use of the word whom, to whom. But I think that a lot of the women in this are just kind of strangely like voiceless and powerless. Mm-hmm. Like I think a lot of the women don't speak up. So it's not even mansplaining. It's that like the, the female characters don't necessarily have a lot of their own volition. Like, they're not people who are like, who are saying like, Hey, I like you. Let's be together. Like something we always talk about on this podcast is like, yeah, it's just like fucking saying how you feel. And in this movie, like the women do not say how they feel. Like, even if you think about the guy who shows up to Karen Knightley's door with the fucking signs, whatever he's saying, how he feels, man, he leaves he's like a little bit mansplaining. Cause yeah. she gives him a fucking kiss and she doesn't know him a fucking kiss. She totally. be like, I'm married. You crept on me in my wedding. But also like Sorry. he laid it all fucking out on the line. Like there's, I don't think there's any so women in this who lay it on the line, except maybe Emma Thompson after the kids play when she's like, Hey, you fucked up, Alan Rickman. Which I literally forgot about, which I didn't forget about, but like, I just like, for like, cause it's that scene is so powerful when she yes. does it. Like, ugh. I think you're exactly right. I think that is the problem because, and weirdly, and like, this is to actually bring us to full, like, and we can support the men too, but like Mia, I'm sorry. I don't know the actress's name. It's okay. She's a little, like a little bit well-known. She's the affair. Yes. With Alan Rickman. She does speak up for herself at a point too. She like asks for what she wants and it's like, I want you. She literally says that, right? Yeah. It's like very, and like, we shouldn't shame that either. Cause like, I don't think they give very good perspective to what she was going through with her boss. Like that brings us back to the subordinate. Completely. Thing. Like, not like he was all bad, but like I do weirdly give this movie a little credit. They show him this like, but then they had fucking Mr. Bean make it like, ooh, and you start to feel for him. You're worried about him making the time before Emma Thompson comes back yes. from the shopping. It's like, it literally should be bad. Well, these women, sorry. <laughs> it's like, no, but like weirdly, like, cause I feel for Alan Rickman in this movie. It's partially cause he's such a good actor and the writers were like, but again, I think it's that the, this is a great example of like the product of like, not ill-intentioned, but probably majority male writers, and I actually don't know this, so we should look this up, but then perhaps all women wrote this scene, you know? But I'm just thinking about, like... Written and directed by Richard Curtis. Okay, so we know who has the... British screenwriter. Like, there's just... 
it's still like, this must pass the Bechdel test. What does it? No, it fucking doesn't. Are you kidding? When does it pass the Bechdel test? Can we test? remind our listeners what it is? Yes. Just sorry, I'm sure they know. The Bechdel test is a, like, kind of a litmus test of movies where I I'm really into the whole using the phrase litmus test right now. I uh, love that phrase. But it is a test, and that is, that basically says, like, uh, in any given movie, are there two female characters who have names who talk to each other about something other than a man? In the same scene. In the same scene. And then so it can't be like a woman ordering a coffee from a from an unnamed barista or something. Yeah. It yeah. has to be like two named female characters who named, have a conversation yeah. about something other than a man. And I think something insane, like 92% of movies do not pass the Bechdel test. It's, it's actually wild. And I know we've talked about it. When I first told my dad this, he was like, well, no. And then like, it was even that like, kind of like the first Star Wars back was like, kind of like feminist here. I don't yeah, remember. You're like, enough. no. But it was like, she Never. literally only talked to a, another woman that was like, um, the blue woman, like, like yeah. CGI woman. It's, it's like, even, the, um, it was interesting talking to my dad about this. And I literally now probably already said this in the podcast. I just can't remember what examples. And he would be like, now he's like, doesn't pass the, pass the Bechdel test. And I was like, that, that it's like, it's so, so, such a smart way to look at it because it's what I literally forget. I'm like, but women, I see women on screen all the time. Mm-hmm. Which women in this movie talk to each other about something other than a man? I mean, I can very clearly remember the scene between Laura Lenny and Emma Thompson when they're at the holiday Christmas party, mm-hmm. but I, they're talking about a man. Yeah, they are. Um, I think that, I mean... I literally don't know. I'm sure we could oh. Google here. Google. Oh yeah, um, does love Google actually, love actually Bechdel test? Actually and I'm sure it'll tell us. But it it's really shockingly rare. And even movies that I love, movies that I think of as like you know really like together and aware and whatever, I'll watch and I'll be like, didn't pass. Cool. Like there's no. I mean, there's such a there's such a drought of just normal fucking women characters who have their own like lives and ambitions and whatever. It's just so it's it's when you start looking for it, it's really upsetting and it's really bizarre. Right, this is IndieWire. Sorry, there were no. like a bunch of weird sites, so I just want to look. Um, oh, now and now we have to be qualified. Like, sorry, this is from 2017. Like, Indie, IndieWire.com is an amazing like indie film and just like filmmaking site, but the Bechdel test is not per- perfect. Blah blah blah. Okay, fine, but I don't care. It's prolific to me. Yeah. It really changed my mind about a lot of things. So, hang on. They looked at Beauty and the Beast. It passes. Wonder Woman passes, obviously. These might all be from that same year. Hang on. Mm. Yeah, also, like, never fucking mind when you start factoring in Women of the Color. The movie. It passed three of three. Love Actually did. Is Bechdeltest.com real or like some troll? I've site? never heard of it. Same. Not that that fucking means anything. I mean, I don't, I'm not the president of the internet. Here's a Jezebel article. Sorry. You guys are listening to Jezebel. <laughs> you guys are I'm really here to hearing for all like of you. behind the scenes. I'll talk hmm. lower because I literally have committed to not editing no. this episode. I'm going to just fill the space. Yeah, let's talking. fill the space. Sorry. This is actually the Jezebel article you should read instead of listening to this. But like, there's a conversation between mother and daughter where the girl probably tells her mother that she was cast as the first lobster in the nativity play. Oh, Is yeah. the daughter named? Yes, the daughter's named Daisy. Oh, God, I can't even get into this. 
But that's the kind of shit that you it, deal This scrapes with. the path. Okay, so now I'm seeing the whole... Con- yeah. Where you're like, okay, great, cool. That one conversation between a child, a, a small female child and her mother, that's what makes it pass the fucking Bechtel test. Like, and like insane. this fucking stupid site. I wonder if this is Alison Bechtel's or just... Hmm. Well, the thing is, is like, okay, here's the thing. I wish we could do a... I wish someone would make a chart of things that, like, technically pass the Bechtel test. Like, cool, that maybe makes it technically pass the Bechtel test. Yeah. Is, like, a three-line conversation that a little girl's having with her mother about what she got cast in in the high school play. But what about, like, real conversations between adult women about anything of substance other than a man? Like, that's what I want. It's not about, like... Agreed. And then, like, but I hate that it's, like, as soon as we Google it, it's like, oh, the Bechtel test is problematic. It's like... No, it opens, it reminds me a little bit of like, oh, not together, but like the Kavanaugh stuff. It's like just this giant fucking thing. As soon as you call out one thing as a woman, like this huge spotlight is shown on you. And you're just like, have to like go 18 more miles out to like, just make it qualified. Whereas like for some men, it's a little bit different. And then I think that like, I just briefly saw the top of the Jezebel article and it wasn't about the Bechdel test, but like, yes. I think the other thing we have not talked about is that this movie does scream white privilege. Oh. Like, as much as it's not only white, it's, like, just a privilege movie. Like, there's just, yeah. I think yeah. the airport start, like, what I, like, I, we are sure. all guilty of it, and. Well, I think that also it's a very British movie. hmm And I think that, look, I'm not British. I don't even know that much about. Like, Racism is very different there. But it's a different, like, uh, it's a different cultural landscape. They don't mm-hmm. have, like, the same kind of, like, cultural... They have, they have... That's a lie. They do have a lot of the same cultural baggage that America has, but it's in a but different, different way. Different whatever. Like, between different races, yeah. too. Yeah. And also, like, it's just, you know, it's very... I think it, it makes sense to me that, like, a, a white, straight British dude wrote and directed this movie. Yeah. For all the reasons most that I love of it, the diversity. I'll be wrong. It's like other Europeans. Yeah, and look, like Kieran Knightley's husband is black. He's like a black British but like, guy. Yeah, like, like whatever. That's but like he's a, not really a character. He doesn't no, really he's have not a much of a presence in the movie, other than just like being there. Yeah, like it is very um, narrow. His movies should be more inclusive. Is For the sure. point? Like, oh, I'm sorry absolutely. that we're drunk and just blobbling on. I'm not trying so hard to not say it the wrong way. The point is, this movie could have used a lot more diversity, a lot more women speaking up for themselves, a lot more like gender non-conforming people, like, female characters it's actually who have so agency and personality. This movie, it's very oh so hetero. This is my thing. It's like I know I'm just pretending that we're like the rewatchables podcast right now, but know, like we're not. No, we're I don't not. We think didn't this is super rewatchable like I think that thing where you're like if you really zoom out and you're like I'm trying to think about how what the world looks like and how the world is I don't think this really oh the ringer doesn't need a promotion but the rewatchables this podcast that rewatches movies that I think should be rewatched and then like talked about what is dated but so much of this I feel is dated and I think that Jenna shout out Drink because patriarchy. Do you know how little I thought about the patriarchy in 2012 or 2013 whenever you got this document very little very little it's a very different world. Like, yeah. I just, I'm not trying to, like, preach and, like, make people have a terrible day. I just think it's, like, fun to get drunk and think about this stuff, but also, like, motivate and, yeah. like, just, like, and also, this is like, a movie full of white people having struggles. 
Mostly. To anyone out there listening who's making stuff, like, let's make one that flips it on its head. Like, let's make one where the ladies are the drivers of the romantic um, motivations. Or, like, people who are, like, that's why, weirdly, like, Call Me By Your Name was a very big deal because it was like, oh, the point of this movie is not that it's two men falling in love. It's like, that they're falling in love and it's not going to work out, which yeah. I appreciate. Like, all of these things. Like, let's not, sorry, make fish fucking movies. Sorry, I just was reminded that was this year. And I'm like, I did not love The Shape of Water. It's like, well, always on the flights. You're like, oh. I still want to I'm just like, I can't. You, you don't, I actually want you to just to justify yeah. it. It's fucking, ugh, fine, whatever. But like, okay. I but digress. Like, can we not? Can we not? Yeah. Can we not do that? Can we not do more of this? Like, can we not do more of, I haven't really watched them, but Netflix is constantly prompting me. Like every single white, like D-list celebrity has a Christmas, Christmas princess movie. Maybe yeah, not like, all white actually, let's, but still. What we want to manifest in 2019 is like more um, like female characters with agency. That's the fucking most simplistic version of that. And, and it's like more non-conforming. Yeah, like non-heteronormative, non-gender conforming, like non-white, like and I know fucking we're two fucking we're white the bi- worst. drunk white bitches right now. We're really but it's the like worst. more people who are not not the fucking Barbie brides on top of cakes just having yeah. shit done to them. None of that. I'm tired of that. That's what I want to hashtag fucking manifest for 2019. So, like, uh, this Christmas, if we didn't depress you too much, <laughs> I drink don't... whenever a woman does not speak up for herself. Literally. No, instead of drinking whenever a woman does not speak up for herself, or because patriarchy, or because of heteronormativity, wow, I've drank for all those things. Drink and then, like, say something. Just, like, not in the confronty way. When you've got a couple days, probably, if you're with your family, there's, like, travel days. I got into this shit at Thanksgiving. Just say one thing about your experience that might open someone else's mind and then, like, hope they understand. And that's a very privileged thing to be able to tell you to say, like, to do. Like, to be able to say, you should do that. But I don't know. But also, if you can't do that, just try to try to support um, art. Mm-hmm. Made by people of all sizes, shapes, colors, genders, etc. Yeah, we should do better. It, like, if we get a little bit bigger and we ever start like raking in money, we will do. We need to spread that. To yes. Not us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, seriously. Like, yeah. it's too. Um, I'm still really wanting her on the podcast, but I I think her email awards for good boys. If you follow this Instagram. She's amazing and she often just like is just like indigenous. Like, she, every other possible cause she like promotes on yeah. her own. Like, I also really admire Polly Rodriguez, who we've had in the podcast mm-hmm. from Bound for doing the same thing. I think, like, I'm sorry, this Christmas, maybe I'll take the time to think about like my fucking white privilege and like, yeah. Yeah. Sorry that we went this way, guys. But also, here's the thing here's the other thing. Nostalgia is a real thing. Yeah. If you love this movie, I understand how that feels. Because I also, there's a part of me that really loves this movie, no matter how problematic it is. All of these feelings can be combined. That's part of the, like, complications and, like, you know, what's it called? Um, Oh, my God. What's the fucking word where you feel one thing and say another? 
Hypo- um, hypocrisy or whatever, oh, you know, yeah. like all of these things can happen. I hope we haven't ruined anyone's Christmas. If you're sitting out there and you are just like, I want to listen to Kimmy and Liza on Christmas. Cause I'm having a weird day because my family's situation is true. Whatever. Any of that. I'm sorry if we made anything shitty. Here's what I think. At the end of the day, we are all growing a lot. The reason that like we're able to sit here and make these comments is because people have pushed us forward. Um, Emma Thompson's an incredible actor and she keeps doing more and better and nuanced roles. And, um, you know, we're all, we're all pushing forward. We're all changing and let's do more of that in 2019. Yeah. And like, we thank you for listening to us. And I kind of feel very grateful going into 2019 that you'll fucking listen to this. And we can be like working through our thoughts and feelings about things and you'll be forgiving. And if you know, we're really missing the mark, we welcome your emails. Like please trying to learn more. That's like the cheesiest. That makes me feel like a fucking like wellness, like, or like, I'm sorry, not wellness, like mindful podcast. We're not that, but I do want to learn. I'll up the game. Tell me. You can email us your thoughts, feels at five, one first dates pod (laughs) at gmail.com. Follow us at five, one first dates pod on Instagram. Join our secret Facebook group type 51 first dates podcast into the search bar, bar on Facebook. Request to join. Someone will approve you. And if it's tricky to find review. Secret. Yep. Yep. Rate, subscribe, review. Um, I think they just got past 300. This is going to be live. Now it's not. But we'll do another one, actually. We should do it in this apartment. Yeah. Like, we'll see if the lights are still up in 2019. But we'll do that anyway. live episode. We love you so, so much. We love Christmas. For- if you celebrate. If you don't, we hope you had a lovely Tuesday. Hanukkah or Tuesday. December 25th. Or everything. I yeah. Can- or Kwanzaa, but I also just feel like that's so often thrown in. Okay, I'm literally eating my foot because I just want to say, like, whatever we you're doing today, every single we one hope of you're you. having a great day. We love yeah. you guys. Bye. Go on a date. Go on a date. Oh my <laughs> Go on a date. Go on a date. Okay. <gasps> a big shout out to Anthony from Five Ohm for making us sound really good in post. And you should check Five Ohm out online at fiveohm.com. And that's spelled F-I-V-E-O-H-M. Om.